You've watched the season unfold. You've seen all the goals. You've counted the trophies. Now come with us as we take a tour around the season that was with the Grand Old Podcast mm-hmm. End of Season Awards. I am Hamish Carton. Joining me on this momentous occasion is a real buzz in the <laughs> air, I think, John McGinley. Yeah, I've got my t- tuxedo on um, and a knife in my, ba- my back pocket just so I can slash your arguments as well. So I'm all set. Fantastic. You get the boxing gloves looked out, Paul Fisher? Yes, I've got the, the, the right glove ready to, to rock and roll in case you come up with any stupid arguments and <laughs> uh, to knock them on the ground. Yes, so basically just to outline, um, this is of course day one of the awards. Um, on today's show we'll be discussing four fantastic awards. These are the best club initiative of the season, the funniest moment ha ha ha, of the season, the best celebration of the season and finally... The big one on today's show is the most improved player. So as we go through these, we'll briefly outline what is going to be discussed. Um, We will then go through the nominations. Um, We'll just say anyone that comes to our head, really. We'll aim to whittle this down to a final three. And from that final three for each award, we will then pick a winner with two unordered runners-up. It's worth being saying that uh, we are... Um, in the event of World War Three breaking out very soon, we are recording this in advance. Um, so I don't know if Celtic end up with a forty-point deduction or something in the next week. Um, apologies about that; we didn't see that one coming. Um, but yeah, we're ready to go, guys. Yeah, so we're yeah. going to kick off with a nice one, a really nice one. Yeah. The best club initiative. It's been a fantastic season um, to support Celtic. Obviously, the stuff on the pitch has been the main. Positive. It's been incredible to watch. However, there's also been lots and lots of really good stuff going on off the pitch. And um, we're going to go through some of these now. We'll start with you, Paul Fisher. Get us underway. What um, What are you thinking for an off-field activity from the club uh, that has really got you going this season? Right, I'm going to go all the way back to Sunday, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll kick us off with the the. the the kind of finality of the season it was the, the charity match of the Celtic FC Foundation with Hen- Henrik's Heroes and Lubo's Legends thought that the way that that was all organised with the, the drip feeding of the players and the announcement of who was coming back you had legend after legend after legend and the fact that the, the two guys are in charge of the teams Henrik and Lubo thought that was amazing the, the work that went into that um, absolutely phenomenal and the fact that it was sold out as well on the day the day after we'd picked up the Scottish Cup to win the treble just was, was icing on the cake um, it couldn't have went smoother I don't think the the way it was all set up was brilliant the players that were there were yeah, great and the goals on the day were fantastic It was an incredible day we were we were both there as a lot of the listeners will know um, and yeah see, seeing the place a full house the biggest crowd I think um, in Scottish football in the season because of the, the no need for segregation between the, the Henrik and Lubo fans um, so yeah, it was it was incredible. Day. Amazing to see the stadium full for what is an exhibition match. There's nothing riding on it at all, and I think um, we do often talk up the club, John. But yeah. I mean, it's it's fantastic to see that's there's still that charity route of the club where people are happy to come out and um, and just pay money um, because it's going to charity and because they're getting to see their heroes. Yeah, I seen one of the actors that was involved in the event say that. Um, on Twitter that had raised over £500,000, which is quite wow. incredible. Um, you think about all the people who went on to the day, you could see that that would certainly be the case. The tickets were about 12 quid, 12 quid each, so minus expenses, etc., it could easily come to that kind of amount, which is a huge amount of money um, for one day, one afternoon of football, 
and to raise for three good charities or three good causes. And yeah, that, but that was a great day. It's a good nomination. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and it's certainly, I think, it's certainly a contender for this award. Yeah. Um, you've picked the last day of the season, Paul. I'll take you a way back um, to what I recall was the first day of the season. It was the unveiling of um, yeah. the Messiah, Brendan Rodgers. It was, uh, you talk about 60,000 people turning up to a, a non well, a charity match, an exhibition match has been incredible. How about 13,000 people turning up to see a guy? <laughs> like, is that not, is that not incredible? Um, I, I was there again. It was, it was just amazing. The, the whole way the club handled that day, um, that's, that's what this is for, isn't it? It's just the whole way that they handled the unveiling um, from, you know, having people along into the main stand to the way that they kind of did it on social media to the way that they streamed the event live on YouTube and Facebook and all over yes. the world. Um, it wasn't just an event for the people in the stadium that day. It was an event for everyone, whether you're watching at work um, when you're supposed to be doing something else or whether you're watching halfway around the world in the middle of the night. You could do that because the club, the way the club handled it was expertly done. It was probably the best kind of um, club media thing I think I've ever seen mm. the club do. And obviously we've, we've kind of seen that up close hand over the last few years. And that was definitely the pinnacle of all the people in there's hard work. Um, it probably was a bit of a nightmare to pull all that together. It was probably a very long day for a lot of people who worked on it, but it all came together to create this kind of perfect momentum going into mm. the, the new season. And it was fantastic from the club um, and Rogers, of course, for coming. Yeah, obviously we look at this season as an astonishing season in many ways, a season that no one, I think, ever expected mm-hmm. but there was a feeling in the air uh, that day Paul I know, I know you weren't there mm-hmm. but just around the place there was there was an incredible feeling I think I tweeted the exact same words um, the the buzz is back Celtic are back that day because I just got an incredible feeling at that event and it's all really come from that event yeah and I think it was, was it correct me if I'm wrong was it, was it during the week was it a Thursday or something like that it was a Monday a, a Monday I think. it was a Monday after the Scottish Cup final because Griffiths was giving it all the, the Hibs part so a Monday afternoon and you get all these folk turning up to see that it's even that in my head is, is quite phenomenal and the scenes at Celtic Park the way that the folk just kept streaming in and streaming in and streaming in just to see this one guy um, I know the scenes when Martin O'Neill was unveiled were, they're legendary and they always live long in the mind but Brendan Rodgers walking out that noise that was made was just absolutely unbelievable absolutely unbelievable and the the, 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 the iconic picture of him holding up the scarf um, that just set the tone for the season with the league trophy sitting behind him and we say right you can build on that and you can do better and uh, just the perfect way to start a perfect season I think mm. John on you go take it away yeah there's I mean there's a few here that we've kind of thought of isn't there um, yeah, I mean we've got ones that probably won't make the list but I wanted to give a shout out to so I'm going to choose one of them first um, and that's just the way that the, the club have kind of been doing like infographics on social media just now and I know that's not everyone's cup of tea but I think it's kind of hitting a striking a nerve with a lot of people who enjoy that kind of thing and the club are trying something different. I don't think this is going to make our top three or anything here, but I just wanted to give a wee shout out to the kind of change in social media over the last few months. I feel like the Twitter, etc. is getting better and mm. they're doing a good job with it and they're trying new stuff and it's not it's not an easy job, um, I can assure you. So 
fair fair play to them for that. I just wanted to. That's why I've put that on this list. Um, just to kind of give a wee shout out to that. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of these initiatives centre around the year we've had, which is, of course, 50 years on from the greatest achievement in the history of the club. Mm -hmm. A couple of those ones, um, Paul, are the kit launch um, for next season and um, also the the Hydro event that was, what, just last week, Mm -hmm. um, the, the Lisbon Lions. I mean, two really... Different but well received events. Mm, I quite interesting that how how connected they are, but how far apart in terms of the fifty years thing. The kit launch, of course, again, so many people turning out to see the new kit being unveiled, and obviously special guests here, first team players, and, and like the Legend Lions were there as well. Um, and yeah. how many people pre-ordered the kit and actually fell in love with it? I think it's it's a brilliant kit, and the way that that was built up as well. Again full credit goes to the club for that because people sometimes when when a new cut comes about especially for Celtic it's like oh we know what it's going to be um, what's the wee quirks going to be on it and there's so many on this kit that you just think oh that's great that's brilliant and to have like Bobby Lennox and, and Betty Alden and the other guys there it was absolutely phenomenal and then obviously you go into the, the thing at the Hydro um, I don't, I, I, it's just a, such a special thing for another thousands and thousands of people turning out to, to honour these guys uh, 50 years after the event uh, it's just a different class and the videos and all the scenes from the night you, I, I wish I'd went, I really do um, I, I was a wee bit apprehensive before it but I think the emotion of, of the night would have taken over and it just looked like a, an absolutely fantastic yeah. evening Every, Everyone who was there seemed to enjoy themselves I was sceptical of the event before I, I have to be honest too, just because it didn't really seem like my cup of tea just in terms of the acts that they booked and stuff and to be fair, like they were going, I feel like they were going for possibly an older generation with it, and that's completely fair enough because Lisbon probably resonates with that generation more than anyone. Um, yeah. And but everyone who went along that night, whether you were young or old, I, I've only seen people say positive things about it. Apparently, it was a fantastic night, and I believe that all the proceeds for that also went to charity. So um, I thought it was quite audacious for the club to book the hydro and. I, I kind of felt like possibly could have been a little bit more inclusive in terms of the acts because I realise it's difficult to put on an event like that so um, fabulous for pulling all that together I think and like like other things on this list a, a ton of work would have gone on behind the scenes and that like above and beyond what their normal day jobs were so I think yeah. you have to give them a uh, thumbs up for that I can hear the listeners at home shouting at their phones because <laughs> uh, when we're talking about um initiatives from the club that have been introduced this season there is a very obvious one um, it's my winner straight away it's oh. a safe standing section um, it has been incredible from from the moment at that Brendan Rodgers event funnily, funnily enough when we were looking across and the seats were all away at that stage the safe standing hadn't been implemented yet but you could see the size of it and I think it's 3,000 odd I mean much bigger than I thought it was going to be and then do you remember the gradual progression of it being made into a safe standing place over the summer the photos and then remember the hype when we got the first real photo of it and it just looked amazing he then had the first game um, against Wolfsburg in uh, pre-season and uh, I've seen the clip online of the the capo from 
um, the Green Brigade. And um, it's worth pointing out it's more than the Green Brigade, it's the North Curve and everyone contributes to it. But uh, the Green Brigade were saying we treat this not like a pre-season friendly but as a start of something big. And I think when you were talking a minute ago there about the work that goes on behind the scenes, I think it's almost hard to get into your head how much work mm. went into yeah. making this um, in the country uh, of, of Britain where we've obviously seen some horrendous things in the past to do with, with standing. Um, I'm really proud to Me say too, that Celtic yeah. are the first club mm-hmm. to go for it. Safe standing, there's been no issues at all. Um, the country I'm in at the moment, Germany, you see safe standing everywhere. Funnily enough, it's not all the real seats right. that you get at Celtic Park. A lot of it's it is old-fashioned ones. Yeah. Yes, but um, the safe standing section, I've never been in it at Celtic, but um, I've only heard good things about it. I think back to, I think it was one of the Champions League games we were at um, at the start of the season. We were looking across and we were going, wow, um, that just looks incredible. <laughs> and it has just been amazing all season. The tricolour at the, the first Rangers game uh, is one of my highlights of the season. And I just want to say a massive well done to everyone involved with that. Um, from everyone who organises it, takes part in it, to the people behind the scenes who made it a possibility. For me, it's the best thing that, that's come of the club this season in terms of off the pitch. I mean, it is a fantastic, isn't it? And I think it's really innovative for the, for the country and trailblazing. And I think that's a great aspect of it. Obviously, we saw, you know, the guys from the Anfield Rap came up and did a video for just a run-of-the-mill commander game towards the end of mm-hmm. the season there. And obviously, Liverpool have their issues with say standing more than any other club in, in Britain. I would I would imagine, and yeah. you just see that some of their fans are, are looking at that now and thinking we can have this, we can reintroduce this back into football down down there. Change, they need to change the law and everything down there. I think I think it's a lot more complicated than it is up here. Um, but the fact that Celtic are doing it and leading away with that. I think is going to change the culture of football in the whole of the UK and I think that's uh, an important point when we're trying to decide some sort of winner here. The other things we have on the list here were just beginning the installation of the, of the hybrid pitch it's probably a bit early to, to put that into any kind of ranking here but I just wanted to highlight that as well because I think that's going to be um, a bit of a game changer for us on the pitch over the next two years as well. I know we've had a number of pitches laid and relayed at the club over the last few years but apparently this is the real deal and the club are going out of their way and, and putting in uh, a, a hefty amount of investment to ensure that Brendan Rodgers has the, the football pitch for his team to play on. So much so that they have to do it over in two stages over two summers because it's mm. such a, an involved job. Um, so there is that. And then there was also the open training day we have here. We've got on this list as well. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. I don't even know who put this on. Is this you that put this on, Paul? Yeah, I thought it was something a bit different because I remember like thinking what what had things happened that weren't matches and where the club had let fans be involved with the team and stuff like that and they opened up the stadium like the, to see the, the team training. I can't remember when it was. It was a couple of months back. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was great because it means like not everybody can always afford to go to the games and stuff like that and they can't always get up to see players so people who maybe don't always get along to see their, their heroes in the flesh I thought that was really good something a bit different I, th- I think that's something that we should maybe see more of because obviously you don't want to see the, the full training because you don't want to sit for an hour two hours, three hours watching <laughs> guys doing running drills and stuff like that but 
interesting to see the behind the scenes of, of how Brendan Rodgers and the other guys run the show there. So it has to be said, they also did stream that all over the internet as well for people mm. far and wide to, to take part in that. I enjoyed watching that, actually. I just had it on the TV in the background when I was doing some work. and um, Yeah, it was good. That was a good day as well. Uh, all of these are strong. Um, mm. Right, most of yeah, give us a three then. Um, I think we'd all agree that the safe standing section should be Top one three, of the finalists. Yeah. I would yep. agree with that. Um, yeah. Paul, I think you're quite big into your Legends game and with I th- me I th- being there as well. Yeah, I, I think, think it was. I, I think, think it's the, worthy. The, the way it all happened and after the the cup final stuff like that means it, it it resonates quite a lot. Obviously, it was quite recent as well, but the fact that last year was called a hat trick and, and things like that as well, I thought it was great. I'd I'd get rid of the kit launch here. Um, just because there's a bit of marking heavy in that. Uh, right, that's fair enough. Yeah, um, I think it's a lovely kit, but I think as an initiative, it's the yeah, actual launch. Yeah. I don't think was anything incredible. Tw- um, I've never actually. I mean, yeah. each to their own. But I've never actually understood why you would want to go and just see a kit when you <laughs> could just slot and pause that in here. Um, yeah, Twitter infographics can go. I just wanted to shout that out. Um, the, the hybrid the pitch, pitch can, go. can go. Yeah, that can yeah. go. Yeah. So we're left with. The unveiling of it. I think probably the open training day can go too, actually, mm, if yeah. it was up to me. So yeah. we're down to the unveiling of Rogers and the Hydro Lisbon event. As I'll vouch for the unveiling of Rogers. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm biased, but an incredible day, an incredible start to the season. The sun was shining, the club handled it impeccably. Um, there was all, almost a feeling of it all being a dream at that day or, or before that day even when you first saw him um, doing his press conference uh, in front of all the journalists but when you fi- finally saw him come out and swinging that scarf over his head yeah. uh, that was when it all became real for me I think just just for the way that the whole the club handled that whole thing that was the club firing on all cylinders that day I felt just in terms of promotion and PR and marketing and social media and digital and all this off the pitch stuff that the club do a lot of work on I felt it all, that was all firing on all cylinders that day. I think that would probably mm. go. It's difficult, though, because the Hydro event, anyone that's going there probably has that in the top three because it was such a special night. But for mm. us, we went there, and there were, there's not even any video from it or anything yet, apart from what was posted on Twitter. So it's hard for us to judge that, I think, as a podcast. Mm. I agree. Right, so we'll go for go for that final three then of the safe standing section, the Henrik's Heroes yeah. versus Lubo's Legends match. Uh, and the unveiling of Brendan Rodgers. Who's your winner, Paul? I think your argument for the safe standing is phenomenal, and the fact that we are the first in the UK, the way that it's been received by not just Celtic fans, not just Celtic supporters and everybody who's been there, but by everybody else who comes along. There's lots of other clubs looking into it because we've we've led the way on this, and the things that they do there, the atmosphere, like even going back to the 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 tricolour um, go to the 67th minute against Hearts things like wee things like that they, they wouldn't happen in such a way as they did without the standing section and then obviously Kieran Tierney and the way that he interacts with them as well I think that whole North Cove there um, it has the winning for me it was always it was always my number one so that's the winner <laughs> yep so well done um, to the safe standing section you are the winner of the first award the Mm -hmm. Best Club Initiative Award special shout out to the runners up 
Henrik's Heroes versus Liberals Legends match and also the unveiling of um, Brendan Rodgers. It's worth pointing out as we go on that um, these are, of course, our personal opinions. We don't um, claim that they are the right answer because <laughs> we're often quite wrong, I think. So if you find yourself uh, disagreeing with our choices, um, then that's perfectly fine. Make sure to tweet either Paul Fisher or John McGinley with your <laughs> abuse. Um, moving on to our next award, it's the funniest moment um, this is an award uh, for, as it self-explanatory, for the moments in Celtic matches um, that genuinely made us piss ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there, there's lots Elegant of things we've got. Um, yeah, it's worth pointing out that there's some that are not from matches as well. Is that okay, guys? Yeah, I suppose that, yeah. that I just stuck that description as a kind of rough guide. Uh, ultimately, these awards are ours, so we can do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I think that a lot of the ones on these lists definitely make it for me. Um, right, I'll kick us off then. Okay, uh, I've got a few. My first one is um, a video of the highlights from Celtic 5, Hapoel Beersheva 2, one of my favourite games, one of the unsung games of the season. Uh, and if you watch the highlights, it's on BT Sport um, on YouTube, sorry, BT Sport highlights on YouTube, mm-hmm. after I think it's Scott Brown scores the fifth goal, mm-hmm. um, Lee Griffiths during the celebration <laughs> picks up the camera, pushes it towards or pulls it towards his face and does a big yelp, a massive high-pitched, strangest noise I've ever heard um, right at the camera, it's picked up perfectly by the microphone and I completely forgot about that until I was watching highlights of the game, I think, last week. Um, for me, that is it's just a bizarre moment. Like. It's just really bizarre. Like uh, You've heard people with wars and stuff when they score, but um, that high-pitched scream, mm, it's a bit of a strange one. I'm not, I'm not sure about that, Lee Griffiths. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do remember watching the highlights back and seeing that and thinking, what is he on? But then having a, having a wee chuckle as well, because uh, it's just it's Lee Griffiths, that's what he does, isn't it? Yes, Um Another one, I'll, I'll go for another one. Kolotori dancing yeah. after the Hearts victory. Great I think it's man. got, it must be the second most tweeted, eh, most retweeted tweet from Celtic mm-hmm. other than the Brendan Rodgers one because it, it's got so many retweets and it's just, if you just look at that guy's face, have you ever seen a happier guy than Kolotori? I mean, he's not played much this season, but he's just delighted to be part of it and everyone around him's belting out the Kolotori, Yaya Turi song. Yeah. Um, Amazing, like right after the victory over Hearts, of course, that, that won as the league title, and he it's just, it's just fantastic. It just really captured the mood at that point, how happy everyone was, and it was just brilliant to see Cole Turing. I think he was doing it after the, the other victory over Hearts last week as well, when we get the Invincibles. So he's some boy for a dance. I've got one from the enemy now, and it's uh, the Rangers TV commentator uh, going <laughs> five. <laughs> what time was that? <laughs> the first time was, in the first match. The first yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was funny, Ibrox too. But I think that first match, I think that was a genuine shock to their system. I don't think they were expecting us to absolutely horse them five one. Um, and that five kind of sums that up for me. Um, Tom Miller's his name is that right? That's right. Shout yes. out to Tom Miller. Tom Miller. Um, I've been thinking about him, and I actually. I feel sorry for him. I actually, um, <laughs> I I used to. I know you're not a big fan, Paul. We've had this discussion off air, but um, I've, uh, I've I don't know when I'm when I'm hearing him. I'm thinking, what a what a poor guy. He's just watching his team, the, the team he supports, losing five one to Celtic twice, and also losing to Aberdeen for the first time at home in twenty something years. And he has to speak about it as well. 
I mean, is that not is that not a sin? <laughs> it is a wee I, bit, but also, you know, he's a Rangers fan. <laughs> it's it's absolutely well, hilarious. Like he, he brings it upon himself. Like he could be more like grounded the way he does the commentary and it's the fact that they put that the 90 minutes into 90 seconds and it's just yeah. constantly him oh there's another one. oh it's another Celtic oh five <laughs> brilliant <laughs> amazing uh, oh. right I'll fire in with a couple um, the same game Mike Mikael Lustig celebrating run across with the beach ball on his head <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot all about that absolutely phenomenal see when I first seen that photograph because I'm pretty sure I missed it during the game and I seen that photograph and I was like what is he up to like what goes through your head to go right there's a bus beach ball I'm going to put it in my head and run across the pitch <laughs> like a lunny <laughs> phenomenal um, the one we, we spoke at length about um, Hozo Simeonovic and that tackle, that tackle. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. it was it was amazing, but hilarious at the same mm. time. I think I've stopped watching it as much. I think I only watch it about eighty times a day. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it is just oh god, it's just amazing. When that happened, I mean, there's always challenges in Celtic in these derby matches, isn't there? That kind of get your blood <laughs> up. But that was for me the, the one of the defining moments of the entire season. I think this like. I know later in the week we're going to be talking in, in best moment. I think that qualifies for that too. It's the funniest moment and it's the best moment of the season, I think, for me. Um, just the ultimate the ultimate tackle against Rangers and the way he lands on his head and then the way it spawned just days of laughing on social media with people making videos and memes and all this sort of nonsense that goes hand in hand with modern football online now made that just the funniest thing I've seen all season um, that's going to be like there's, there's going to be gifts of that like going around in 20 years um, it's going to be one of the iconic I mean people make t-shirts of that for goodness sake like that's how good it is <laughs> I don't think any and none of these other ones on this list are going to be making t-shirts anytime soon um, so that in itself is, is the argument for the, the Yozo tackle and Miller for me it's just the speed he comes across. Um, <laughs> he, he should just—he should be absolutely nowhere. He's about ten yards away when Kenny Miller takes his big touch, and he just—I'm trying to think what my reaction was when I was first watching it. I think my first reaction was, "Oh my God, he's got set yeah, off. Same, he's got completely over it." And then the ref didn't even give a foul, and I was thinking, "Right, so maybe he got the ball." And um, remember that and Andy Walker's comments yeah, as well during yeah. it, the fact that it was a terrible challenge and I had, had people saying to me it was a straight red and I'm saying actually watch it it's, I mean anyone with a footballing brain once you watch it you actually go wow what an incredible challenge and it's just it's the fact Kenny Miller's flying through the air uh, it's the fact it's Jozo Simeonovic for some reason who fair enough we know he's a bit of a monster when he's playing football but, but he's still he feels a hell of a nice guy yeah <laughs> uh, so it's um Wow, yeah, for, for me that is that is right up there um, It's right up there Another one from uh, the first final against yeah. Aberdeen It's uh, before our first ever podcast And I think uh, um, we've already made up the name uh, for this podcast <laughs> anyone, who, anyone who doesn't know the, the story behind our uh, why we're old and not old Does that um, qualify for funniest moment actually? We should have <laughs> maybe put that on the list Is the Everton fan side trying to sue us right. Telling the story then, John. So, well, we're coming to the end of working together um, on the Celtic Live project, and we wanted to keep doing something together because we'd been working together for a few years and enjoyed speaking to each other about Celtic, etc. So we thought we'll make a website and a podcast and we'll do all this. So we came up with the name 
like I was Fritz a grand old on, on Fritz a grand old on, on Twitter years ago before I got that job etc and we wanted to kind of play keep the Twitter account and kind of play off the old name but have you guys coming in too so we thought we'd call it a grand old team and we put we put loads of effort into coming up with we planned this whole opening day of, of content we did a video we did a preview video I went up to Celtic Park and shot like video um, with tripods etc and spent loads of time editing that and we put it all up and put the teaser video up <laughs> and apparently it looked so professional that um, the, the people who own the Everton fan site, a grand old team <laughs> oh no sorry, the, the Everton fa- fan site, grand old team um, mm. got in touch with us and told us to change the name of the website or they would sue us <laughs> um, because they had copyrighted the, the phrase uh, a grand old team to play for or something which is ridiculous mm. considering the song is ours to begin with um, so we were just put all our all our plans at the window for we'd just been we'd spent weeks trying to build up to this kind of launch day for the website and the podcast etc and on this is on the friday night before launch so we had a weekend to change everything that we'd ever done um but we found solace in bertie old of course because mm. all we needed to do was change a grand old team to a grand old team and bertie old's always been one of my favorite ever ever um celtic players he's always he's been my twitter icon for for years and years and years even going back to those old days. Um, and as you say, in that League Cup final, this is the, the one that qualifies for the funniest moment on the list. It's when Berry Old's going absolutely wild at Hamden, celebrating with the fans <laughs> through the glass. Um, just what a video. I think that's one of the best videos on Celtic Twitter all season. Um, with the, the 5-1 and all that, just going absolutely mental. Um, just showing that you love Celtic as much as we do. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. I must say, with, with the name, I love a grand old team. Yeah, I don't think too, grand old team would, mm-hmm. would be as good. Uh, so maybe it was a, a blessing in disguise. And I think uh, we were pretty animated at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, now looking back, it's a good laugh. I mean, that moment, Paul, Bertie Old, uh, loving himself at the game, going crazy, uh, kind of behind the glass, it's, it's up there. That is. It's amazing. It's just like... it's pure joy it's just pure Celtic support there's nothing else to it the fact that it was very old it makes it ten times better but he was just a fan celebrating with the rest of the fans that were there on that day um, and somebody caught that just it's such a perfect comedy moment on camera that he's, he smiles so wide and he just jumps up and, and he actually goes for it he's he, getting this guy's in his 80s man it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy hmm Rod Stewart, we're missing a Rod Stewart, John. Yeah, well, I actually didn't see this. I was away, I didn't actually see the cup draw. I listened to it on the radio. So maybe you guys want to talk about this one um, because you, I think you two saw it live, didn't you? Yeah, so basically, most people will have seen it. Rod Stewart um, was at the Albion Rovers game. Uh, he was actually in the pub next to us. And um, where was the game again? It wasn't Coatbridge, it was Airdrie. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So um, he was uh, in the pub next to us and uh, he clearly went on from the pub into hospitality <laughs> at uh, the stadium uh, for the Albion Rovers Cup tie and he then did the cup draw yeah. uh, immediately after the game. Uh, it was clear very early doors <laughs> that he was pished and he was holding the ball up and shouting numbers out in a way that I can't even mimic. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that is... Uh, that, 
I don't really like the phrase only in Scottish football, but I think it does kind of qualify for this. I mean, I just don't think you would get that down south with a a drunk um, former pop star or current pop star um, doing a a cup draw. It was just, it was something else um, actually seeing someone wrecked live in television (laughs) doing such a, what's usually such a sober event of a cup draw. I mean, it's one of the the most kind of, Important things that happens in, in Scottish rule that must be done correctly, and he just he just took the piss, didn't he? It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the, the way there's there's that picture that there's a still from the video, and his hands just hovering there, and he's ready to as if he's going to dive right into the balls and just go for it. <laughs> but it was the way he shouted at every number with, with such gusto, and then like the way Alan Stubbs was looking at him was like, oh my god, like I better not make a, a mess of this here, but it will no matter anyway because look at Rod Stewart, he is absolutely loving life, but. Oh, fantastic! What what a moment! It's so early on in the season that you forget these things happen, but that was brilliant. Hmm. Is there anything else right. obvious that we're missing? Um, we've got this list here. Is there anything from the early season that we're missing? The only thing that I couldn't have thought was um, Joey Barton saying Brendan Rodgers going through a midlife crisis um, <laughs> and then getting sacked from Rangers. Um, that was the only other one that I could think of. That was quite funny. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think we've, we've covered most things. As always, there it's very difficult unless you're keeping track as they happen to to think of all of the funny things. I think we've covered the big ones, um, but no doubt, tweet us in with your your suggestions if we've forgotten something that we were absolutely pissing ourselves at at the time. So what goes? Yeah, apologies. What goes here? I think uh, Yozo's tackle is a certainty in the final three. Okay, I would agree with I that. I think Bertie Old. As a certainty, yeah. And um, I, I don't know the either the Lustig beach ball or Rod Stewart or uh, Tom Miller. It's I, Tom Miller for me. I, I think it has to be Tom Miller, right? I love it. I love it so much. It's a very simple one. This award. What did you laugh at most? Yeah, and I think that was the one for me. Um, not. I don't know if it wins. Um, but I'd probably, I mean, the cola dancing thing's more joyous than outright hilarious, although it was pretty funny. <laughs> um, the Roger Pish thing, that's funny as well, but I kind of missed out on it a wee bit. I missed out on all the laughter on Twitter about it at the time. Um, and the Lee Griffiths camera scream, that is funny too. Um, I don't think it, it hangs with some of the other ones here. Um, for me, the top three, I don't know how you guys feel about this, for me, the top three is Bertie Old. Tom Miller going five and the Yozo tackle and Miller. Um the exact same. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Absolutely. This isn't very good. We should we should be arguing about this kind of stuff. But <laughs> well, these are maybe we'll ones, argue yeah. about this then. Um because I think for me I know you were saying, uh, John, about it being a, a possible more a, a greatest moment of the season as opposed to a funny moment. For me the Yozo tackle has given me more laughter and enjoyment than anything else this season. Uh, yeah. I think it's just absolutely incredible. So that is the one I'm giving my vote to. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Paul? Do you have a counter I, argument to that? I, I, I think I need to go with the commentary. Um, really? I, I've, I've watched it so many times because you watch the goals so many times and it's such a perfect, like fair play Rangers, it's a perfect format for watching the five goals go in. And when Stuart Armstrong just slots the ball, the ball home and it's just five and it's just a big oh, like a sigh <laughs> and it just cuts I think it's just abs- in fair play to Tom Miller it perfectly describes the goal but um, I, I kind of got over how funny that was it was brilliant it is good but I'm not giving an award to the Rangers TV commentator um, <laughs> surely I'm going I'm going with Yozo too 
that's the one that wins for me. It's good that we're three and not a four because God would probably be here mm. for hours. Um, Yozo yeah. for me. Yozo's the winner then. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, two, two to, to one. one. Yeah. yeah, congratulations, congratulations, Yozo Semyonovich for the award of the funniest moment of the season, according to us three, or certainly two. Um, of us three uh, and as I say a special mention to the runners up which were Bertie Old going mental at Hamden <laughs> and the five yeah. from the wonderful Tom Miller who hopefully that's his final mention uh, of this kind of end of season award special but who knows um, move on best celebration this is the award for the celebrations so good that they have become iconic and will be remembered for years to come. Celebrations are just celebrations. They don't need to be after a goal. They can be lifting a trophy mm-hmm. or anything at all that you would be celebrating this season. Um, kick us off, John. Well, there's a few big ones here, isn't there? Um, I'm going to just dive right in and go um, list the guy, Brox, when he scored um, and does the wee dance. I think that was possibly the most unexpected goal of the entire season and it really just put the, the, the stamp on, on the Ibrox win and the way... And it was Michael Lustig. He doesn't really score goals. He's been at the club for years. He's become an integral part of the team. Um, I think it's I think it goes Scott Brown, Craig Gordon and then Michael Lustig in terms of starts this season for Celtic, which is amazing. And he deserved a moment like that and the way that he just kind of curls the ball into the bottom corner, sprints over to the to the Celtic sport and does his wee, does his wee celebration, I thought that was absolutely magic. And, the, you know, yeah, fair play. That, that's up there for me. No, it doesn't have... I don't, well, it kind of has the passion too. I mean, he pulled the shot over his head and it doesn't have the passion of some of these other ones, which were just mm. completely over the top um, in a good way. But that's definitely one of the celebrations of the season for me. I'm going with uh, my first suggestion is Scott Brown against Beersheva. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you'll be thinking I absolutely love this goal because I obviously mentioned Lee Griffiths a minute ago, but there's something about this goal and it's very hard sometimes, I think, to change or to differentiate between the celebration and the goal because the celebration is usually fitting of the goal in most occasions. Yeah. But for me, this goal, uh, or this celebration, sorry, um, when Scott Brown sprints into the corner, the fact it's Scott Brown, and usually when Scott Brown scores, he's a very simple, relaxed celebration of doing the Bruni. Now that's become a custom. This one, he went nuts. He ran into the corner. He does a... I don't think it's a knee slide. I think it's no, almost an arse slide. Yeah, he nearly <laughs> breaks his tailbone, I think, actually. Yeah, it's incredible. And uh, he'd probably be one of the... F- lowest down the pecking order of people you'd expect to do that kind of celebration mm-hmm. and um, I love it I absolutely love that celebration because I, th- I think that was an absolutely massive goal well it was it was a goal that took us to the Champions League in the end up but um, I really love that goal I'm trying to think if it's the goal or the celebration though uh, maybe that's where I'm struggling a little bit but the celebration I think is fantastic as well I'll jump in I think you, you that goal, the goal took us to the Champions League when we got there we had that game against Man City and Kieran Tierney, oh. he's claiming the goal. Um, probably not his in terms of uh, yeah, the, the history books, but the celebrations has. What a, what a celebration that was. The the way he just wheels away, um, one arm in the air, pure joy on his face that they've scored against Man City, runs away towards the north curve and uh, unbelievable. The, the scenes when that went in, when we all realised it was Kieran Tierney 
yeah. uh, absolutely phenomenal. Like that made, that made me so happy that night. Um, mm. Thinking that he'd scored because we didn't, we were at the game. I don't think we really yeah. saw replays until much later. So thinking that he'd scored against them, and like Paul says, just the way that he kind of turns away, um, that put a smile on my face probably more than most goals this season. Um, and the celebration was was the same, just the the, the passion and. It was Keane Tierney, for goodness sake. Um, he scored in the Champions League against Manchester City. Um, that was, that's, a, that's a good one. I'm not sure, though, if it hangs with some of these. Um, yeah. Some of these are big ones, aren't they? And uh, There's a couple at Tynecastle, John. Do you want to take those two? Yeah, well, the, the Roberts one for me, just the, the, the one on the, the league title winning day when he kind of pings it into the top corner and just goes over to the Celtic sport and just throws his arms out and just say, basically says, love me. <laughs> um, it was, and we do. That, that was the point where... I mean, there's always been an element of the support that has loved Patrick Roberts ever since his first appearance, but it's just grown and grown more and more, more widespread, more potent, this kind of love affair with, with Patrick Roberts. And that was at his peak, I think, at Tynecastle, um, especially when he pinged down the top corner and the away support went absolutely ballistic. And you just you could tell that that was one of the happiest moments of his footballing career up to that point. Um, I love that celebration. Um, it's a simple celebration, but I just love it. I think it's great. I love that one. Sometimes simplicity is the best yeah. when it comes to celebrating. Who put Sinclair at Tynecastle in here? I don't think that was me. Yeah, um, that was me. That uh, again, running to the Celtic fans mm-hmm. three minutes into your debut, yeah. the Hearts fans trying to grab him as he ran by. <laughs> uh, that was complete euphoria for me. It was almost disbelief from Scott Sinclair in his eyes. I mean, he's we've known now he's a cracking player, but you got to remember when he joined, he was a player who had struggled in the last couple of years at Aston Villa. Um, really struggled last season it was a player who we always thought would do well but to see him get off to that start and then just to see the celebration running behind the nets and uh, going into the fans and getting grabbed at the the tight stadium that is Tynecastle I I absolutely loved that one for me when you're looking for passion um, that was that was real passion as well Um, we've got three from the cup final Um, (laughs) who wants to take each of these Uh, who who put down um, Tom Rogic um, I think I was Paul but I'll take this one because this is potentially a winner for me um, obviously that was just the most magic the most magic thing that happened and it's, I think it's just because it's fresh in my mind too we're recording this a few days after the cup final um, but the way I feel in the days that have gone past since I've watched that goal countless times as probably mm-hmm. a lot of people who have listened, are listening to this right now have and I feel more and more emotional about that Tom Rogic goal. Just the way that he nearly didn't make it at the club. He went back to Australia. He had injury problems. He, he kind of didn't look like he was ever going to be an effective Celtic player. But the way that he's come into the team over the last two years and emerged as one of our best players, and I don't say that lightly. I know we've got Mr Dembele. I know we've got Scott Sinclair, etc. Tom Rogic is one of our best players on his day. In the first half of the season... And we did, we did a we did a um, mid-season awards, but I think at that point Tom Rogic was possibly the best player um, in our team. He did so much in the first half of the season, and then he got injured again. and And that's that's the story of football. And he he done so well, and he, and then he had another dreadful setback. And three months later, he comes into the team. He's struggling to get into the team. He's struggling for minutes, and the cup final was just written for him. And he has this most magical goal that gives us the treble. And his celebration running over to that corner 
um, pulling its shirt. You could tell it just meant the, the whole world to him. And I, I absolutely adore that celebration. Um, this probably I feel strong about this one. This probably goes mm. into the top three for me and probably wins, um, if I'm being honest. So meanwhile, while Tom Rogic uh, is running away and celebrating my... Um, my uh, nominee that I feel very strongly about is uh, happening at the same time and it's Craig Gordon on his knees <laughs> with his hands up and he collapses to the ground and you see the Celtic fans in the background. Now, I know if we're just talking celebrations, I just think the Craig Gordon celebration is amazing. It is just what it means to him and it's, he's shown it in a very different yeah. way from Tom Rogic. Some people, I'm sure, love to run about when they celebrate. Others, especially goalkeepers, Craig Gordon just collapsed. You could just you could just tell his joy when that goal went. And then, of course, you've got the fans in the background going mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. I suppose that is a celebration too. It definitely qualifies. It's a, it's a celebration. So, for me, um, I, I feel strong about that. That is just the most emotive one for me in terms of celebrations there's one, this season I think there's one not on this list actually and it's the Dembele one in the League Cup final uh, sorry League Cup semi-final um, where he does the back <laughs> heel and runs with Griffiths into the crowd and they both jump in <laughs> um, I really like that one as well it's amazing um, me and Paul I don't think saw that one because we were too busy to ask <laughs> ourselves uh, Paul do you want to take a certain KT yes so Scottish Cup final Absolute heartbreak for Keen Tierney. Um, he goes off to hospital, and you, you you expect him not to come back. Like you don't think he's going to be there, and then like out of nowhere, he, he appears, and I'm sitting there watching the team going up, lifting the cup one by one. And I think, oh, this is brilliant. But there, it's maybe a bit weird to say, but it felt like there was something missing with Tierney not being there. And then here he comes, runs in runs up, speaks quickly to, to Willie Wallace and to John Clark and they console him slightly and then he kind of looks at the Scottish Cup, you can see he's a bit dazed and he's obviously been t- given some sort of painkillers yeah. and he, he looks at it and realises what the, the team have done and what he has done and he just grabs it and then he just grabs his shirt and it's just absolute passion from mm. a 19-year-old guy who knows what this club's all about. That got me... Again, like the, when when Rogic scored, I, I was I was away. But when that happened, that got me again. I thought, this is this is amazing. And that cel- that, that celebration, that was his time to celebrate because he obviously wasn't there when the goal went in, and that that was what it meant to him, and it, and it showed absolutely phenomenal. It's really refreshing. I think that we both kind of got touched by those two moments, and I'm sure it goes for a lot of the Celtic support, probably John as well. Mm-hmm. But that. Um, that celebration from Tierney when you're used to seeing footballers nowadays and how they behave and you often get the feeling that they are just in it for the money and they're just in it for the football you see a guy like Kieran Tierney who as I said eh, on the last podcast the cup final review if he wasn't playing he would be in the stands celebrating with the rest of us and eh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing it was it was absolutely incredible it's the fact of his whole journey back from the hospital he was pretty dazed eh, and that Wow, that um, that passion. Even now, thinking about it, I've got goosebumps. Like the, the kind of scrunching up the the badge and and really wielding it. It was it was absolutely fantastic. It's passion. It's what you're looking for in a celebration. Um, and I think I think that is a real iconic moment. I think that's mm-hmm. what we're going for mm-hmm. with this award. I think so too. And I think we've only got one more on this list that was not discussed. And it's another simple one. It's just the Dembele three celebration, and um, when he scores the hat trick and the derby. Uh, it's a magic celebration 
Um, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. As good as though, I don't think because the some of the contenders here are really strong for me. I think we should maybe start whittling some down. I know I've just mentioned it, but I'd maybe take the three celebration just right off. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I would possibly take the. Oh. Robert's a tank <laughs> I'm think. a bit of a fan of the, the three celebration. I must admit. I think when he, he runs over and you see all the fans kinda going absolutely daft. And uh, I think when you again when you're looking at iconic images, I think yeah. Dembele with those three fingers up is probably about one of the most top maybe five viewed images of Celtic this season. It was real how easy is this? It was almost a kinda he was he was really gloating, wasn't he, with the three fingers up? Um, well, we won't, I, I like we won't get rid of that one quite yet. I would, I would maybe take off Tierney against Man City. Um, Ooh, I don't know. I, I like that one as well. This list, this list is is, is really is quite hard. hard. This is a difficult one. Well, I'm I'm willing to say goodbye to Lustig Ibrox. Yeah, I don't know. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, go for that one. Right, um, Lustig Ibrox, a terrible celebration, terrible goal. Get it rid of it. Um, I'll be honest, uh, when you said Roberts at Tynecastle, I couldn't picture it. Uh, I don't know if that was because I didn't see the yeah. game live or what. I, it's it's not particularly memorable mm-hmm. for me, uh, but fair enough if, if you guys think otherwise. I'm, I'm deleting it. It was me who put it on. I'll take it off. Um, God, we're left with a few belters, if, if I had to be, If I had to be ruthless here, I would take off Brown versus Beersheva. Um, I, as think say, I think there's three that top that so I would agree as you say that's prob- probably more about the goal and the context of the goal um, rather than the, the celebration is good but I would take off Hamish is deleting it <laughs> fair enough deleting it begrudgingly <laughs> um, so we've got, we've got five left then we've got Dembele's three celebration we've got Tierney wheeling away against Man City we've got um, Tom Rogic in the cup oh. final we've actually got six sorry because we've got Craig Gordon yeah. as well um, we've got Scott Sinclair at Tynecastle who I'd probably be happy to take away uh, and Tierney lifting the Scottish Cup I would take away I would take away Dembele three no uh, before I would take away Sinclair I feel okay. I don't know what you think Paul though I, I, I think as well though I, I don't think it's uh, maybe no fair I know it's our words we can do what we want but to have two Tierneys in the final three I don't know and I think the Scottish Cup trumps yeah. Man City I, I if agree. you're picking one Tierney then it's the Scottish Cup absolutely but, so we're happy then we've got four left and I would take away I would take away Gordon's because it's Rogic's goal isn't it it's Rogic's goal it's a team's goal John <laughs> hmm can you have three from the cup final Good. <laughs> um, Why are Celtic been so good this season? I, I think last season. Imagine how easy last year would have been. I think. I think the final three has to be Rogic in cup final, Tierney with the Scottish Cup, and Sinclair at Tynecastle. That's my shout. I, th- I think Sinclair at Tynecastle is a, so is very very iconic. That image of him running across. It's the one that you always yeah. see when people are talking about him. I know it's so yeah. early on in the season. Maybe it's been forgotten about, but that was at the time. Like how close we came to drawing that game as well. I feel good yeah. about that three too. I have to say, I would have Gordon ahead of Sinclair, but again, if I'm outvoted, I'll I'll happily um, I'll happily go with that. But the the thing about the Gordon one is the fans in the background, isn't it? I love it's that. So iconic. I love it's that. So iconic. I think we should have three from the cup final here. 
that that seems fitting. That seems fitting. I don't know if it's just because it's so fresh. I, 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 but I'm happy to be overruled. I, th- I, I think the we'll see all three of them time and time again. Um, the do, you, do, one, you, do you know a Man City? That's going, isn't it? Aye. Yes. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to go with three from the cup final. Uh, I'm. I'm doing my best not to make it because it happened so recently. I honestly don't think that is why. I, I think they are just such incredible moments, and I think if it happened at the start of the season, we would still be talking about. Obviously, Kintini wouldn't be lifting the Scottish well, Cup at the start I've, of the season, but you know what I mean. I've got a solution here because it's the same celebration. So why don't we just say it's Gordon and Rogic in the cup final? Um. That makes and sense. Sinclair, it's Tynecastle and Tierney left in the Scottish Cup. That's our final three. So that's our final three then. So it's Gordon slash Rogic, Sinclair at Tynecastle, and Kieran Tierney left in uh, the Scottish Cup after the match. My vote is going for Kieran Tierney left in the Scottish Cup. I, I, I can't I can't disagree with that. I think the whole the whole story behind it, the fact that you had to get driven back to hand and then get stopped by the police, then has to run across the car park and up the stairs into the stadium just in time to lift the trophy, is an epic journey in itself and it deserves its moment in the sun, I think. Yeah, not a chance I'm disagreeing with that one. Good right, stuff. well done, Kieran Tierney. Congratulations. You have won the best celebration of the season and very funny that it was probably the last celebration of the season as well. So maybe there's a, there's a bit of something in that. Absolutely fantastic. Well done, Kieran Tierney. I get the feeling he may well be in the running for a few more awards as well <laughs> uh, over the course of this week. Um, final one, the big one, our prize one uh, of the day is um, the most improved player. This is where we really get serious. Um, <laughs> we've been asking uh, you guys uh, and girls at home for your thoughts on uh, who was the most improved player this season. I'll be reading them out in due course. However, first I will just reveal, just to, to clarify, that this is an award for the player who most represents improvement from where they were in 2015-16 last season to where they are now at the end of 2016-17. So this isn't open to any players who weren't previously signed for Celtic. So it's an award for players from last season and it's it's basically getting on the whole improvement thing to do with Brendan Rodgers. We've got, I think, seven nominations. We may come out with a few more. Um, you want to kick us off, Paul, with your, your couple? Right, so the, the two that f- straight away jumped into my head were, were Scott Brown and James Forrest, I think, the two of them. What? I, 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 I was when 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 they said it was that was the two that came into my head. I know there's other ones that have improved vastly, but I thought the two of them had bang average seasons last year, and two of them have been really good this year. There's only one name that comes into my head. I, I know what you're going to say, John, and you're probably yeah, going to win. No, you know it's Stuart Armstrong. This is Stuart, <laughs> but don't even need to have this debate. <laughs> Stuart Armstrong is the most improved player 2016-17. Except he's not, because <laughs> Craig Gordon is the most improved player. When you look at Craig Gordon, where he was at the end of last season, and even keeper. slightly at the start of this season, when he was, the Celtic fans were turning against Craig Gordon, we wanted another keeper brought in. The journey he's had this season, he's improved. He's always been a good shot stopper, but I think he's improved his shot stopping as well this season. He's a fantastic goalkeeper. He, his ball distribution um, was ropey at the start, and has improved immeasurably this season over time. It's something that people haven't actually picked up on, I don't think. I think Craig Gordon, to me, 
is one of my favourite Celtic players. I think he's a, a massive unsung hero of that team. Um, I just think he, he deserves incredible um, praise for being at the age he is and continue, continuing to improve. Because everyone else on this list, other than Scott Brown, is early 20s pretty much, mid-20s at the latest. Craig Gordon, for me, deserves massive improvement, uh, massive credit for the improvement he has made since the end of last season, uh, and I'm I'm delighted to have him. I think if you'd asked me last season how good is Craig Gordon in comparison to Boric and Forster, I'd have said he was he was quite far behind. To me, right now the way he's played this season, I think he's right up there with both of them. Mm-hmm. I genuinely do. I think I think he has improved massively. Um, if I was going to nitpick, I would say that he was. All, I th- I feel like he's always been a fantastic keeper for us ever since he signed. And I don't know if the level of improvement from being a fantastic keeper to the keeper he is now is bigger than some of these. But what I would say, though, on this list, we'll name the list. We've got seven on the list. So right now we've got Stuart Armstrong, Callum McGregor, Scott Brown, James Forrest, Craig Gordon and Jozo Simunovic and Dedrick Boyata. Now, Dedrick Boyata doesn't belong on this list. I'm sorry. Why? Because he's not... Uh, he's, he's not made as much improvement as people think he has. He's always been a, a pretty solid defender for us, but he's got mistakes in his game and he, his passing is poor. And there's a reason that teams let him have the ball and let him take it into our half. And it's because that he struggles in possession. And I don't think he belongs on a list with these players for me. Paul? I, I would agree with that. I think Jose um, Semenovic brings him up and he has brought him up over the the last probably four months in terms of the level that we think he's at. I know he's he's been ever Boyata's been kinda of ever present since January. But I think John's right, there's still massive improvements that need to be made in, in his game. So I think you can d- discount him. But I think he's he's playing partner is one of the ones you need to look at because mm. what a what an improvement from from last season because well, he was he was he was away he was he was all but gone he was away but I would also argue that he was also pretty good for us last season too I'd agree completely John yeah. I, I always thought Jozo Simeonovic when he played was a class act mm. <laughs> this is the this is the bloodbath um, uh, no I, I get that argument and I, I, I always agree I think he was, he was he is a good player and he was good last season I think he's improved an awful lot um, I think we to to be fair we are kind of skirting around the issue I, I don't think anybody comes close to Stuart Armstrong we'll sprinkle in a few um, opinions um, yeah. from, from people who have tweeted us Give in some clarity um, here. Sean O'Ward says uh, Boyata Armstrong or McGregor would actually say Armstrong though one of the first names on Rogers and Strachan's team sheet of course for the national team who saw that one coming uh, Duco James is saying temptation is to go with a development guy who broke out to new levels of performance but the way you ask the question equals only one answer to me Scott Brown Mm. Chris 1888 Stuart Armstrong he's a mainstay now with a terrific goals return a nod to Derrick Boyata as well though never thought he would return Um, my good pal Lewis actually called Derek Boyata to have, I think it was 20 or 30 appearances this season. We all absolutely laughed Fair at the point. start of the season. I think, I think he's actually he's actually not far off that total. That's off to um, you, Yeah, maybe says a, a, a fair lot for how Derek Boyata's got on. Um, Davy McPee says Callum McGregor thought he would be going out on loan or away altogether. Instead, he's become essential to the midfield. Talk a little bit about Callum McGregor then, Paul. Well, I think this is another one where... I know he's improved an awful lot, but I always thought he was 
a, a half decent level. Um, he's maybe just grown and his his game's improved with the players that are around him. I think with, with Scott Sinclair, I disagree again. <laughs> with, with Scott Sinclair in the team, I think his level's been been pushed up a bit with Armstrong improving. I think that's improved McGregor and with Brown playing where we know he can play. Uh, he, McGregor's learning for all these guys. I don't think he was as as good last season, but I don't think he was so bad last season that you could say he's improved vastly. I think he's 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 going a steady upward curve, but it's not um, it's not a spike by, by any means. I don't think. I feel like Callum McGregor was a lost cause last season. I, I was waiting on him, mm. um, like um, Davy McP um, tweeted in. I thought he would be away very soon. I thought he was at best a squad player. I think he's now a very important player. I think you look at the cup final there, um, he's a player who I would be very happy to see at the club next season going into Champions League qualifiers, being in and around the first team. I think he's been a massive improvement. The only thing I would say with regards to this award, the improvements come maybe a little bit too late in the season uh, to before this award. I think it's only come around January, February time uh, since then. Even later, maybe, when I really think back, was it the Cup semi against Rangers when we first really realised? And he's had some great weeks since then, but for me, Callum McGregor, his improvement has been from the end of last season to now, um, in terms of his importance to a team, a better team as well. You've got to remember that he's playing for a better team now, and for me, being more important in a better team than he was last season shows he's improved massively. I think Callum McGregor stays on the list for now, for me. Um, I think... So this is this is obviously difficult, and the thing about this one is that we're we're not really slagging off any of these players. I, I I'm not a hundred percent against Boyata. I just think that for this category, I don't think he quite belongs on it quite yet. Um, and yeah. lo- looking at this list, the the probably the easiest way to do this is just to take off the obvious ones that we don't think are going to get into the top three. I think Boyata isn't going to get into the top three for me. I think, I think James Forrest doesn't. See, I would have James Forrest ahead of Craig Gordon because I think James Forrest in the first half of the season did a lot for Celtic. You, you need to remember that um, Patrick Roberts wasn't getting a regular game for us until March, really. Um, before that, James Forrest, it was all about James Forrest. He carried us through that first half of the season and has been fantastic for us. And I think if we're talking about players who we thought were done at Celtic, then James Forrest is, was way more done than Callum McGregor. James Forrest... It hadn't agreed a new contract. He was on his way out of the club. Um, he was he was going to go, and it wasn't a Simunovic situation where we were going to be sorry to lose him because he performed well. It was a situation where we'd, we were like, get lost, James Forrest. You can go to Brentford or something. Um, and from there to to kind of contributing massively to the first half of the season, right up to when Patrick Roberts came into the team properly, I think he kind of deserves his place here. Um, right now, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Forrest yet. I just wonder if it's because it's the award is at the end of 2016-17 and the fact that he has dropped off, undoubtedly. Yeah. Because Patrick Roberts has, has been much better and a much uh, more yeah. high-profile member of the team. I mean, we've not seen James Forrest since God knows when. Um, for me, for me, my, my final three would be Stuart Armstrong, Scott Brown and... Oh, I, well, <laughs> Callum McGregor I'll give it to Callum McGregor um, I think we can say goodbye to Simunovic just now um, because I think he was very good for us even last season I think so, I agree with you um, Scott Brown, Paul uh, 
we know you love to talk about him, so have a wee go. I think Scott Brown more than merits his place on this list, but at the same time, we all know his talent that was there, so the the permutations of this, he probably merits a place in the top three, where last season he dropped off and he's come right back up to the level where we all knew when we signed him from Hibs that he could reach. Um, Whether he's improved from last season to this season as much as some of the other guys, I don't know. Um, I, I think he's he's been my my probably in my top three players of the season. So the but improvement. He was a scrap here last season. He was, I, so, he, he was six months away from tired, and even he said mm-hmm. that. I think that the fact the, the, the fact that he's he's been so good. Um, I don't know. if It just makes me forget about last season. Um, just think that he's always been like that, and he, just he was be... terrible. Terrible. <laughs> he was abysmal. He was bullied by Andy Halliday. Yeah, I mean, was. is that not funny now to think about yeah. that? And he, he looked um, laboured and unfit, and he looked like he was carrying an injury, and he was, and he looked like he was six months away from retiring, and that's why he retired from Scotland. He, he said that Gordon Strachan went to his house, and they had a discussion about him, and Scott Brown was thinking about kind of moving into a more kind of coaching role, uh, to, to kind of. Um, taking back his sort of uh, cutting back his playing time and Strachan said to him no don't do that coach when you're 40 um, do everything you can prove everyone wrong and I, th- I think he's done that I'm having Scott Brown certainly uh, in this list for me Stuart Armstrong has to be in there um, I think Scott Brown for me as I say has to be in there and uh, I'm giving Callum McGregor the nod in third place well, not third place, the third place of the... Paul, the I feel like you maybe feel strongly, stronger about Forrest than maybe even I do. Uh, would you have him in your top three? I, I would have Forrest ahead of McGregor, um, simply you? for the fact that Forrest was away. Um, he, he was, he was, like, everybody had resigned to the fact that he was leaving and he was he was going nowhere um, in terms of his Celtic career. And he's came back this season, he scored the most goals he has done since 2012 the 2011-12 season he's assisted so many goals and he's played Like yeah, I, th- I think people forget because the last two months of the season he didn't have that much in the way of game time he played over um, 40 games so there was over 45 games he's played this season and the fact that he was such a mainstay in terms of the league he was involved in the Cups the, the Champions League the, the League Cup final like what, what a, a great season he's had and I think he's been overlooked and the fact that he was he was he, I would say even worse, like, worse than Brown last season he was he was poor and he, he's shown that what he can do and the talent that we've all been we've all been waiting to see for, for so long because he's he's been there for um as far as far as I can remember because he's probably the same age as me, I can remember his career from kind of start to, to, to where it is now and this is probably um the best season he's had at Celtic. I would mm. yeah. Few more um, messages in. David Ogson saying Brown Armstrong, but we have to mention McGregor and Boyata. The consistency of performances by SB, who is Scott Brown, and SA, who is Stuart Armstrong, over the season uh, was immense. I confuser. Uh, hopefully, he won't confuse us here. He's saying I'm going to vote for Lustig. Mm. He could have left last summer, and I'd have cheered the cheer, fighting Neymar beach ball and scoring the fifth. Yeah, Lustig's a decent one. I'm trying to find some kind of guidance from the from the audience here. These comments um, look no further than Niall McCusker. He always <laughs> supplies some sort of uh, guidance. He says Armstrong, McGregor, Forrest are all good shouts, but Yozo and Boyata Sorry, for Niall. me. <laughs> 
we've just ridiculed his, his point of the previous yeah. 10 minutes he's probably already turned off uh, Yozo finally got to play and Boyata is now a wall um, this one comes in from Sios Alach she says or he or she says Brown I thought he was finished and wanted Brendan Rodgers to sell him delighted to stand corrected as he's had the best season of his career he's bossed it um, looking around to other ones uh, there's a lot of support for, for Stuart Armstrong Cajun Firefly Stuart Armstrong definitely remember the groans going around the stadium when he was brought on I do I was 5-1 game for Rogic um, foolish now yeah, I am I'm that's, foolish that's now. a very yeah. good point um, David Doherty saying Armstrong when we played him in centre mid um, Callum McGregor is a close second Andreas Lafferty also says Armstrong has to be Armstrong he's went from a squad player to being indispensable perhaps even a future captain um, right so Stuart Armstrong and Scott <laughs> Brown I think are going in a final three yeah I, I get the feeling you two want James Forrest in as well I, I think it, well I'm actually surprised that like these aren't all the audience comments that we've had in but I don't think anyone suggested for us which makes me feel like I'm wrong but I feel like for me from from a personal choice I feel like James Forrest is one of those uh, he hasn't been in the team over the last six weeks or so but I think people are perhaps forgetting how important he was to the team it was him and Sinclair for, for a lot of the season for me um he only scored two goals last season. He scored eight this season. He's had um, double figures for assists too. So um, I would have Forrest in. Yeah, I wouldn't have Craig Gordon in. Um, I think the thing that maybe goes slightly against my feeling for James Forrest, and I know James quite well, and I really do like him as a guy, and I like him as a, a player. I think I always just think he could be so much better than he is. I also sometimes think in big games, other than the goal against Aberdeen. I struggle to think of a big moment and a big match that he gave us this season. When I look at Stuart Armstrong, Callum McGregor, Scott Brown, Craig Gordon all on this list, I can think of loads of moments where they either saved us or they got us a goal or anything or they made a big tackle in a big game. Other than that goal against Aberdeen in the final, I can't think of another James Forrest well, unless I'm missing one. My only worry here is that I feel like some sort of recognition has to go to Callum McGregor for the season he's had and he scored those goals against Rangers and um, he wasn't I don't think he was in a position last season in terms of confidence or belief in himself that he would score in big games like that and maybe that's what's come on I've always kind of rated McGregor as a player I always thought he was a tidy gate a, t- a tidy pass of the ball he always gave 100% effort but I don't think he had the big game mentality he did until this season and maybe that's where he's improved most of all he can do it on the big stage now, and maybe, maybe I put McGregor in ahead ahead of Forrest here. Mm. Can you come up with a valid argument? I I know you've spoken a lot about length about Forrest Paul, but is there anything that you can do to convince me that James Forrest deserves his place here? How bad he was last season. <laughs> 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 I, I think, like, in, in no offence to him, like he was, he wasn't great like last season, but then. The, the the only the arguments that I have for for Forrest, um, the first game of the season, the first game of the league season, he scored the the first goal that got his goal, and he scored against Hearts, and he was there in the League Cup final, when maybe others weren't in terms of of a goal, um, got the got the ball rolling, got our first trophy of the season, got our hundredth trophy as a club, and, oh maybe he did tail away towards towards the end, but he he assisted so much. As, as the season and you always forget about assists you remember goals you remember goals against Rangers more than you will against Aberdeen 
and I know Callum McGregor's had a brilliant season, but I think Forrest has improved massively. And, and Hamish, K. Gordon's on this list. Can I delete Craig Gordon? Yes, go for it. I think me and uh, Paul are, um, we've got our own opinions, so I think it's going to be you, John, well, who decides between Callum McGregor and James Forrest. I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to think about where these players are right now, and the. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think ahead to the to, to later this summer, and it's the UEFA Champions League playoff, and we're playing at Celtic Park, and Brendan Rodgers names his team, and I, I want McGregor in that team, and I don't want James Forrest in that team. Um and I think McGregor has improved into a Champions League calibre player or at least deserves a chance to show what he can do there um, and I, I don't know Forrest was pretty bad last season but I feel like McGregor needs to get the nod here Right, well that's it then sorry Paul <laughs> uh, we've got Stuart Armstrong, Callum McGregor and Scott Brown as the final three yeah, we've talked about uh, two of the final three. I think Stuart Armstrong needs a, a little bit of a mention. And who better to do it than John McGinley? Well, Stuart Armstrong is a contender for player of the season for me, not just the most improved player. And I was never convinced by Stuart Armstrong. I've always thought he was a good player. I was a massive fan of him when he was at Dundee United. And I hoped that he could be that player for us. He used to rock, often run the show at Dundee United um, along, yeah. along with Andy Robertson. Um, two exceptional players that drove United forward for a good chunk of time and we didn't really see that from him when he arrived at the club we saw it in kind of drips and jabs but he never showed consistency did he and he, he never looked comfortable in that wide position and the fact that he's worked with Rodgers to find a new position for him at Celtic and adapt to that and and make that his own. I, I don't think there's another player in the Celtic midfield I would rather start a game right now than Stuart Armstrong, and I include Scott Brown in that as good as he's been. I think Stuart Armstrong gives us something huge in midfield that we've been lacking for years and years and years, and that is a goal-scoring threat from deep. Player making a run, committing to making a run beyond the defence into the box, linking up with the striker and the wingers. But he's not just have that, he's, he's magnificent, uh, kind of a disciplined um, sitting in when he needs to tackling when he needs to pressing when he needs to he's so full of energy I've never seen he, he, he gets tired at the end of games but just because he puts so much effort into it and the amount of goals he's scored this season is quite ridiculous it's quite ridiculous and he's always popped up at big moments too and he always just takes the game by the scruff of the neck and I think that was most obvious in fact on the Scottish Cup final recently where he just, in that last 20 minutes, he was absolutely superb. There wasn't a better player on the pitch. Um, mm. And, he, of course, he scored the equaliser too. I think Scott, uh, sorry, Stuart Armstrong is an absolute no-brainer to win this category for me. Um, I just fantastic player. And to think from where he was as a kind of shunted out onto this left wing or this kind of part of this attacking three behind the striker, the way that Ronnie Dyla utilised them was absurd. Um, when you think about the player he is now in a more central position so that's my argument for Stuart Armstrong I would agree with a lot of that I think Stuart Armstrong is and should be the rightful winner of this award last season um, yeah, he was out on the left wing under Ronnie Dyla he was struggling to impose himself uh, on football matches this season even looking at the start of this season um, I always go on about this this moment in the the Man City game after the Rangers game when he came on and 
he looked completely out of his depth and I think you'd look at him now in the same situation and I honestly believe even against the quality of players that Man City have he would be running the show in that midfield I think he's that good I honestly think he is a real, real maybe not unsung hero but I think No, he's he's beyond that now Yeah, I sometimes think people still don't realise just how good he is I I I think Stuart Armstrong could play genuinely for a top six English club I think he's that good I think he's got a fantastic brain I think he's got really quality um, technical ability uh, which we always knew but I think he's got more than that I think he's added fitness and strength uh, and real pace and real power into his game this season there's no finer sight in that Celtic pitch than seeing Stuart Armstrong breaking from midfield and with that real, you know, that kind of big run he does where his head's up and he's running powerfully with the ball. Um, He's just a joy to watch. When you compare him to last season, for me, it is just a no-brainer in terms of Stuart Armstrong. 17 goals he scored this season. Big goals as well. Big goals, goals. 17 of them. That's outrageous. Paul, what's your thoughts on this final three in the winner? Yeah, I think that the final three is a very good final three in terms of the improvement the players have made. But Stuart Armstrong, to go for four goals in 2015-16 in nearly as many games, to go to 17 this year with the assists that he has put in, the the domination going forward and the, the drive that he gives us and the fact that he's always there to... To maybe you know dig us out a hole, but he's there and to to lift the spirits like like he did in in, in Saturday. We we thought right, we go down one nil. We need somebody to do something, and he, he just is. pops up from from nowhere and yeah. he, he fires the ball into the bottom corner. He scored goals against Aberdeen. He scored goals against Hearts. He scored goals against Rangers. He scored goals against St John's. He scored goals against the teams that are around us, and he scored good goals in the process, and. He looks every inch a, a Celtic class player and above. He is probably for for the second half of the season anyway. He's been the best best player that we've had, and to say that last season, you would never ever thought that. So he has to be the most improved player. Yeah, he's um, a winner. I, he is. I'm going to make a prediction that I think in the Champions League next season, I think he'll run the show for us. I think he is. He's honestly that good. Um, yeah. Congratulations, Stuart Armstrong. You've won the big one of day one of the Grand yeah, Old Podcast End of Season Awards. The uh, most improved player of the season. And Stuart Armstrong, I'm sure, will be fighting fit for um, a few more awards uh, before the end of this week as well. Maybe the big one as well <laughs> at the end of the week. Um, so we'll just run over the, the four awards that we've handed out today. So congratulations to the Safe Standing section, which won the first award, which was the Best Club Initiative of the season. Jozo Semyonovic won the funniest moment of the season. Uh, Kieran Tierney, lifting the Scottish Cup, was our favourite and best celebration of the season. And finally, as you have just heard, Stuart Armstrong has won the most improved player of the season. Fantastic, Um, some really good uh, hot topics, some hot awards to chat about there. We have got more and more coming up for you this week, tomorrow. uh, In our next podcast, we'll be chatting worst player of the season. (laughs) Cannot wait for that one. Most impressive opposition, the John Clark Award, will be revealed tomorrow. And the best goal of the season. That's a very strong lineup, John. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, It's funny because we said, well, we'll aim this podcast for 30 to 45 minutes, and here we are, (laughs) an hour and 22 minutes. God knows what this last day um, player of the season is going to be like. Um, But I'm up for the rest of this week, an epic week of podcasting. 
Fantastic. Paul, say goodbye for now, but only till tomorrow. Yes, yeah, so uh, we're always obviously looking forward to this week. It's, it's, it's going to be started off in a brilliant way um, and it's going to just keep getting better. Can't wait to do it. Fantastic. Thank you for listening to episode one of, or day one, day of one, the yeah. Grand Old Podcast End of Season Awards. Congratulations to all our winners today. We'll be crowning more and more winners as the week goes on. Speak to you very soon. Hail, hail. Hail, hail.